0: Real quick before we get started, I want to tell you about the Build Something Weekly newsletter. It is weekly, it is free, and you will get tips, tricks, and tools delivered directly to your mailbox. I will recap the current week's episode and all of the takeaways. I'll give you a top story, content I wrote, and then some recommendation that I've been using that I think you should check out. So it is free. It is weekly. It's over at howibuilt.it slash subscribe. Go ahead and sign up over at howibuilt.it slash subscribe. Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode 215 of How I Built It. The podcast that asks, How did you build that? The podcast that offers actionable tech tips for small business owners. I'm Joe Casabona, and today's sponsors are Text Expander, Restrict Content Pro, and Mind Size. You'll be hearing about them later. But first, I'm excited to talk to you about your small business financial checklist with our guest, Kathy Sfatina. She is the founder of Newcastle Finance, and we are going to be walking through her framework for you to manage your finances better. Kathy, how are you today?
1: I'm great.
0: Thank you so much for having me. Thanks so much for coming on the show. I'm excited about this because as I was saying in the pre-show, I'm a little bit of an accounting nerd. Uh, I ask my accountants probably too many questions. Uh, I um, I regularly review my own books because I'm interested in kind of like how things work and how to... Um, you know, make the most of being a small business owner, uh, as far as the tax side goes. I'm I'm based here in the United States, um, and so uh, I'm excited to talk to you about this. Uh, but before we kind of get into the nitty gritty, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and exactly what you do? Because I feel like finance is is kind of a lot like being a lawyer, right? There are a lot of different <laughs> areas of finance that you can specialize in.
1: Yes, and you're exactly right. You're you're spot on. Um, So, what I specialize is um, financial planning and analysis. So, many business owners get the reports and and the data from their accountant, but they have them and didn't really know how to use that. So, sometimes they give them the pretty graphs and they sit there. It it sits on their table and and they look at it and say, "What do I really do with this now? Right? I have all this information. How do I plan for the future?" So that's where I come in. I help them figure out how to use the data that they have that their accountants and bookkeepers uh, give them and how to plan for the future for the business so that they can actually have a successful and thriving business down the road.
0: That's that's fantastic. And so when you talk about um, kind of uh, planning for the future, is this in the sense of uh, like what, like how to grow the income of my business or is it more like 401ks and IRAs and things like that?
1: No, it actually has nothing to do with the 401 ks and an IRS. Although if you do have employees, that is an important piece of it, mm-hmm. but it falls more into the HR function, the gotcha. human resources function than the financial planning. But when it comes to the planning of your business, there's a lot more than just, you know, sales to it and, and, the, and the financial pieces of, you know, expenses. It, it, there, there's like a whole world of what you should be thinking is like, how are you growing your business? Are you growing too fast? You actually had a really good episode. I think it was in January with Jennifer Bourne, when she was talking about how businesses, you know, can make a million dollars and have 750000 in expenses and are not making much money. Well, she has as much smaller business and she makes a lot more money because she's more prudent of how she uses those resources that she has.
0: Uh the listeners can't see this, but I blushed a little bit because it's very rare that a guest on my show actually references a previous episode. So thank you so much for that. I do. And I do think about that a lot, right? Like, you know, the analogy that you referenced, people will say like, Oh yeah, my business made a million dollars in revenue. And like, if you, if you spend a million and one dollars, then that's not a successful business. Um, so, uh, I think that's really great. Are, how are you growing your business? Are you growing too fast? um, these are questions that I don't think people really think about. They just think, you know, I need to make uh money as fast as possible. Now, um what what made you uh get into this? Were you always like into finance is there some uh is there some like origin story where you were like, "Oh man, I made a million dollars and spent a million in one, 000, 000 and $1 or whatever."
1: <laughs> That's actually a great question. No, I did not make a million dollars and you know have that. <laughs> but I, I was always into finance. Like w- when I was 12 years old, I really wanted to go into investing. Um, and I actually figured out through college that investing is not where I wanna go down down that route. Um, but I was in corporate finance and I found that really fascinating. How do you actually grow the business, the financial data, the financial information you have, how do you use it to actually drive the business forward? And I was in corporate finance and Fortune 500 companies for 14 years. And what always bothered me was the fact that all these big companies have huge teams taking care of their finances. I mean, you have the treasury department, you have the, you know, you have the tax department, you have all these departments working together for this company. But when you come to the small businesses, no one's really doing that for them. Yeah, they have an accountant and bookkeeper, but no one's doing that strategic level planning for them. And business owners, you know, they they, like you You went into business, you didn't go, although you like accounting, which is great, (laughs) um, you're not there to look at your numbers. And if you don't have the experience and how to actually look at it and how to interpret it, it, it gets really hard to figure out how to do that. And you have to do it all on your own. You have to wear all these hats. So that's what I said. I really want to help small business owners figure this out.
0: I love that. And you're absolutely right. I mean, while I am, you know, an accounting nerd a little bit, uh, i just recently hired my accountant to uh do the quarterly books for me because uh, that's not where I need to be spending my time i'm definitely not doing it effectively uh because i don't know if i'm categorizing things the right way i i'm i just recently asked her like should i set up a payroll for myself because i'm just paying me um and while i do it kind of regularly, is that something I should do? It takes an expert, right? When I, when I tell people when they're setting up a business, you need to hire two people right off the bat. You need an accountant and you need a lawyer Um, because you're never, you're probably not ever going to be an expert in those things. Um, But financial planning is, is also insanely important. Um, Kind of, we were talking about this again in the pre-show, but uh, I know people who will make money through PayPal, right? Like people will pay via PayPal. And then mm-hmm. those business owners will kind of use PayPal as like their fun money. Uh, so it's like not real money to them, which gives me agita because it's still taxable income. Like, I mean, yeah. maybe if, if, if you're just like looking at straight profit and loss, like if the money you make in PayPal is the money you spend on expenses, but that's, that, kind of walks a line that makes me uncomfortable.
1: Yeah, and and you're right. I mean, it is uncomfortable because any income, whether it's through PayPal, whether you're sending invoices to your customers, you're getting credit cards, payments, anything that you're getting through your business is your taxable income. You have to report it. So if you're having you know the fun slash fun money out there that you're not reporting, you can get into a lot of trouble with the IRS for that. Um, so you really have to be careful of that and work with your accountant to make sure that they're pulling all that data in. And again, you, you are a business, you know, operate like one as well. I know, you know freelancers, what, when I talk to freelancers, sometimes they have a hard time understanding, yes, you, you're just a one person, but you are still a business, a legitimate business.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and it took me a while like I was just reporting everything on my schedule C for a while. And um, I wasn't, I didn't have an LLC cause I was just like a kid in college. Like when I really started like an actual business. Um, but like, as soon as I got out of college and I was getting married and had like actual assets, I'm like, I should protect myself legally starting an LLC. But that also, um, it also helps you financially by differentiating the money you make in your business, which is the business money versus mm-hmm. what you make as personal income, right? And so I think that's really important. Um before we get into your framework, and maybe I'm jumping, maybe this is like step one of your framework. Um what kind of I'm curious to know like what kind of questions in order to prepare for the financial planning aspect of it, what kind of questions should we be asking our accountants or what kind of data should we get in order to prepare for this?
1: So the first thing, if, if you're hiring an accountant, the first thing you should be asking them is how how are they going to work with you? And and a lot of it comes with, do you actually like them as well, the, their personality? Because this is a person that's going to be looking under the hood of your finances and you want to make sure that you can actually go to them with questions that you feel comfortable asking them questions and, um, And they're also going to be working with you too, because an accountant is a huge part of your business. They become, as your advisor, they they look at your numbers. You want to make sure that you're comfortable with them. So that's number one. And number two is what I would ask them is, um, how does the process look like? So for example, how often can you expect the financial reports? Are they going to be updating them monthly? You should definitely make sure that you're getting your financial reports monthly. You want to make relevant Um, you want to get the data that is relevant, that it's updated. So if someone's sending you the reports, you know, three, four months down the road, that is too late. You want to make the most updated information so that you can make decisions based on those numbers that you're getting.
0: Gotcha. So there's two things I want to elaborate on here, right? Um, And the first is uh, what kind of information is in those financial reports? Is it just like profit and loss or are there like projections? Is it all of that stuff? And, and that, that's an excellent question. So
1: you should be getting your profit and loss income statement or the PL statement. So that, that is at a minimum. Your uh, cash flow, which just tracks your inflow and your outflow of cash. And then if, if you're invoicing customers and you're not getting paid immediately, you should also be getting your balance sheet so that you can look at um, an item called accounts receivable which is gonna tell you how much it's still owed from those customers, clients to you. So those are the three kind of like three musketeers of the financial statements, as I like to call them. So those are the ones that you should be getting from from
0: your uh, accountant. This episode is brought to you by Restrict Content Pro. If you need a fast, easy way to set up a membership site for yourself or your clients, look no further than the Restrict Content Pro WordPress plugin. Easily create premium content for members using your favorite payment gateway, manage members, send member-only emails, and more. You can create any number of subscription packages, including free levels and free trials. But that's not all. Their extensive add-ons library allows you to do even more, like Drip Out Content, connect with any number of CRMs and newsletter tools, including ConvertKit and MailChimp, and integrate with other WordPress plugins like BB Press. Since the Build Something Club rolled out earlier this year, you can bet it's using restrict Content Pro, and I have used all of the things mentioned here in this ad read. I have created free levels. I've created coupons. Uh, I use ConvertKit. And I'm using it with BB Press for the forums. I'm a big fan of the team and I know they do fantastic work. The plugin has worked extremely well for me and I was able to get memberships up and running very quickly. Right now, they are offering a rare discount for How I Built It listeners only. 20% off your purchase when you use RCP How I Built It at checkout. That's RCP How I Built It, all one word. If you want to learn more about Restrict Content Pro and start making money with your own membership site, head on over to howibuilt.it slash rcp. That's howibuilt.it slash rcp. Thanks to Restrict Content Pro for supporting the show. And now let's get back to it. Good accounting software should generate these things for you, but having an accountant actually look at them is important, right? Because... um, you know, for example, the balance sheets, right? Accounts receivable, that's in FreshBooks. They call that like accrued. It's like uh, actual income, versus, uh, which is how much you got paid versus accrued income, which is like what you also invoiced. Um, but kind of being able to look at that and having a person who understands look at mm-hmm. that and interpret it for you is super important. Um, and having an accountant you actually like uh, that you need to be, I think I really feel like that's an understated thing. Uh, but I, when I was living in New York, we had a family friend and he was great. Um, because like he just, he took, I basically just gave him my books and he just like took care of it and told me when we needed to do anything. When I moved to Pennsylvania, uh, something that they charge in Pennsylvania that they don't charge in New York is local taxes, right? So Mm -hmm. in New York, it's like state and federal, but in Pennsylvania, it's, it's state, federal and local. And so I hired an accountant, uh, and I told this person, "I'm doing this because I've I have messed up and had to pay penalties for not paying local taxes." And uh, this person set, quoted me on a price, and then handed me a tax bill way higher than I expected it to be. Which is fine. It was like the summer we got I got married or whatever the the tax year I got married, and then we filed jointly. But then the invoice she gave me was double what she quoted me on, and she was like. Ooh. I know I was like, why? I'm like, first of all, why didn't you tell me ahead of time that we were about to go over? Um, mm-hmm. and she said, well, you moved a couple times. So local taxes were a pain in the neck. And I'm like, I hired you because of your expertise with local taxes. Uh, yep. and then she didn't even, uh, uh, didn't even write off, uh, uh, the student loan interest that I paid or whatever. So I was, I like ended up saving myself money. So annoyed. Um, but my current accountant, she is amazing and understands my business and answers my ridiculous questions because I'm like, "What about this?" <laughs> um, so, okay. So anyway, that was just a, a tangent, a side quest, if you will. Um, so- no, and,
1: and you and you do bring up a good point with that too. But before we go further, is make sure that you have an accountant that it's that <laughs> knows what they're doing, right? Yeah. And I know this is really hard when you're a business owner and and you don't know what exactly is the right thing. But you get the feel, ask the right questions, yeah. ask the questions. They should be able to tell you this and and make sure that when they're invoicing it, ask for a flat fee um, mm-hmm. and negotiate with them that, you know, if you're paying them $900, you're not going to pay any more than that. So if they're tra- trying to charge you by the hour, that's just no, That that's a no.
0: I I love... I could not agree more. Uh, Ryan Kinney uh, was on this podcast. He gave similar advice for hiring a lawyer for the intellectual property side of things. He's like, get a flat fee. Otherwise, they're just going to kill you on communications and things like that. But it's true. This this person said to me, you think I just sit here and, and check a bunch of boxes and then charge you for it? And it turns out that's exactly what they did. <laughs> like, And they missed a box that they checked because they didn't check the student loan box. Like... Um, but my, again, my current accountant, she, uh, she, I know she understands my business. She understands the technical selling online courses and subscriptions. And that was really important to me because I don't know what, you know, I didn't know, for example, that I had to charge tax to people in Pennsylvania who bought my courses, even though it's a digital product. Right. She helped me with that. Um, so, um, or that I would get, Sales taxes. I don't need to charge it, but I would still have to pay the sales tax. Um, so yeah, things like that. She's been super helpful with, and the PPP loan, uh, which was supposed to be like straightforward, but was impossible. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, so um, yeah, I think that's that's really important. Now, so great. We have our accountant. We have uh, our financial reports. How do we start planning? How do we start with financial planning? You said that you have a, a framework. How did you build that framework and, and how can we walk through it?
1: So the framework is based on that in, in a lot of businesses where they get really stuck on that they have this accounting and a bookkeeper and they think that's all I need to do. That's great. I have the numbers. I'm, I'm, I'm done with finances, right? The problem with it is that bookkeeping and accounting is just the foundational work when it comes to your finances. So there's all these other pieces that go into your what I like to call the financial house. So I have a framework that I call the um, financial house framework. So if you think about the house, right, it, it has a lot of pieces so that it can actually stand. Um, so the foundation is is the big part of it, and that is your accounting and your bookkeeping. You cannot build on anything on top of it if you don't have that. So, and and we already went through that. It's making sure that you're getting accurate financial reports, making sure that uh, you're getting them on a monthly basis at least, um, and and not, you know, every couple of months. So that's your foundational work. And then on top of that, you want to use that information to get the trends from your data. That's where the real work starts with your with your numbers. So that's called the financial analysis piece. And those are, if if you think of, like I said, if you think of your financial house, those are your walls. Those are the things that actually built your decisions. And when you're getting that information from from, from the financial analysis, you're able to figure out what do you do based on actual data, not just on guesswork.
0: That is... uh Man, so um, we look at the trends. The trends are things like I made X amount in the last three months. This is what I can expect to make in the next six, things like that. Or is it is it um, a little a little different from that?
1: It could be. It could be that you actually, once you look at the trends, that you figure out that you actually have a seasonal business and you didn't know that. So it could be that, you know, if if you're doing a lot of web design for a particular, let's say, a um wedding designer right and when they're going into their season they need their website updated they need whatever they need to do and they're calling you two months before that to prep for it so you get a lot of your revenue your sales two months before that and it's an interesting piece when you actually see these numbers and you look at who your customers are what what are they trends what are they seeing how are they paying you you're actually able to get that information and react to it. Do you because you might be getting a lot of work? Is like, do I need to hire another freelancer to help me with it? If you want to, you know, get more revenue and more mm-hmm. growth into it. So those are the type of things that you can actually um, get from when you look at your financial information.
0: And that's that's really important too, right? On this show, we've talked about uh, how freelancers can avoid the famine, right? Because I, I, all small business owners, are all freelancers understand that there's a feast and there's a famine, right? It seems like during the feast, you'll have this endless amount of work and you'll never have to generate leads again. And then the famine comes and you're like, I don't know if I'll be able to survive the next three months. Um, And in an episode with Jason Resnick, we talked about uh, filling the pipeline and niching down so that you have leads coming in. But this is another way to avoid the famine, right? If you know your feast is from May to September every year, then you can better prepare for the months where you're like, okay, I get no business from like October to February.
1: Exactly, exactly. And, and the point is you have to first identify it so that you can react to it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So that's, I mean, that's an, that's an important aspect of your business that I, I'm sure a lot of people um, probably into it, maybe if they've been doing it for a few years, or they're like, all right, well, January is usually a dead month for me. Uh, but to know it with data and and being able to plan it ahead of time makes your business a lot less stressful. Uh, so we have our foundation, we have the walls, which is the analysis piece. What is next on this framework?
1: So the third piece is what I call interior design, and that is your financial systems and your processes. So, and I like to equate this just like you would not have a bathtub in the middle of your kitchen <laughs> because it just doesn't make sense, right? Yep. You want to use the financial system and the processes that you have that actually make sense for your business. So, what does that mean? That means that if you're having a lot of recurring revenue from your per- per- clients that you're invoicing them on a monthly basis, and if you're Typing it out on a Word document every month, that takes a lot of time and actually money because instead of you spending time and working on client billable hours, you're there typing these invoices. So what you want to make sure is that that what you're using, how you're operating your business actually makes sense for you. So you want to automate as much as you can when it comes to your financials.
0: This episode is brought to you by Text Expander. With Text Expander, you can save time by converting any text you type into keyboard shortcuts called snippets. Say goodbye to repetitive text entry, spelling and message errors, and trying to remember the right thing to say. With Text Expander, you can say the right thing in just a few keystrokes. Better than copy and paste, better than scripts and templates, Text Expander snippets allow you to maximize your time by getting rid of the repetitive things you type while still customizing and personalizing your messages. Text Expander can be used in any platform, any app, anywhere you type. Take back your time and increase your productivity in the new year. And let me just say that Snippets is not all it does. With advanced Snippets, you can create fill-ins, pop-up fields, and much more. You can even use JavaScript or AppleScript. I can type out full instructions for my podcast editor, Hi Joel, in just a few keystrokes. Another one of my favorite and most used snippets is PPT. This will take whatever text I have on my keyboard and convert it to plain text, so I'm no longer fighting formatting. Plus, if you have employees or contractors, you can use Text Expander to manage and share snippets with them so you all get it right every time. I've recently started sharing Text Expander snippets with my virtual assistant. This year, how I built it is focusing on being productive while working from home. Text Expander is the perfect tool for that. Plus, they're providing resources and blog posts to help you make the most of their tool and be productive. Text Expander is available on macOS, Windows, Chrome, iPhone, and iPad. If you've been curious about trying Text Expander or simple automation in general, now is the time. Listeners can get 20% off their first year. Just visit textexpander.com/podcast and let them know that I sent you. I've had like an accounting software, Sojourn, we'll say, because like I was on FreshBooks for a very long time, and then I started to get into the products business or the products side of business. Uh, and I was like, I'm going to be doing less invoicing. I'm going to have more products to account for. Uh, FreshBooks didn't, doesn't really do a great job with products. And so I looked at QuickBooks at a time where I was still doing products and services, and I had a lot of recurring revenue from hosting. But QuickBooks, the plan I was on at least, uh, didn't allow for recurring invoices. I don't know if that's changed since, but that was a that was an important part of my business, and I converted to doing it manually. So I had to like reference the spreadsheet that I backed up from FreshBooks and the month, and I had to like write down the notes. And I'm like, I'm spending too much. I just switched back to FreshBooks, and then I use WooCommerce for my products reporting. But um, having the right yeah. financial system, and uh, so so I guess. All that all of that rambling leads me to, to ask, uh, are there, are there tools that you recommend, or do you have a way to to a recommendation for evaluating the right kind of tools? And I know I' talked exclusively about accounting software there, but are there other things that we should think about?
1: Yeah, there actually are. So um, it's interesting. QuickBooks is really popular in the US, but if you go overseas, especially in the UK, Zero is very popular. And Zero is is another accounting software. Then they're, they're starting to gain more market in the US now. Um, it is very automated. It's super easy to use, is user-friendly. And um, that might be another accounting software. So if you're really struggling with your QuickBooks or FreshBooks or whatever you're using, um, go take a look at Zero and see maybe that, that's a better option for you.
0: That's that's great. Um, I've, heard, I've heard of Zero. Uh, I actually asked my accountant, and maybe there's another piece of advice, right? Ask your accountant what they like. Um, I said, I'm on, you know, I'm on FreshBooks. What do you like? I'm thinking about moving. And she's like, I like QuickBooks the best. I'm based in the US. Uh, and she said, a software I absolutely can't work with is Xero. Uh, and I'm <laughs> I'm wondering if maybe it's just because it's UK-based or maybe it's just the way that she, you know, maybe the kind of way she has her system set up. But um, if your accountant uses Zero. Uh, or like zero. 00 is a really good one to think about. Um then I had a second thought that I totally lost. So we'll have to revisit that. But um I think uh, I think that um evaluating software like that is uh is really important and thinking about like what you said, the, the interior design, I think that's so important.
1: And you bring in an excellent point here too. Um and I would caution you here as well is because accountants are very used to the software that they're using. So majority in the US like to use QuickBooks because they've been using it forever and that's what they like and they're really comfortable with and they don't want to learn another software. Mm -hmm. However, if you're not getting the reports and if you're not getting the information that you truly need to run your business well, you shouldn't be... You shouldn't be using it just because that's your accountant's preference. You should be using it what works for you. So your your accountant works for you, not the other way around.
0: Yeah, I, I again, I, yeah, that's a very good point. And, th- and that's kind of the reason I'm thinking about switching from FreshBooks, right? And full disclosure, FreshBooks, I've had Mike McDermott on the show. FreshBooks sponsored this show in the past. And I love, I love FreshBooks, but um, I had to jump through a lot of hoops to get that uh, they have this this feature called Other Income, which is supposed <laughs> to kind of be the way that they handle like products and non-invoiced income. And the reporting for that is very poor. I had to export the CSV and run my own reports on the CSV to get the information that I needed. And that's not why I'm paying for accounting software, right? Or that's not why I'm paying my accountant. Uh, I want to make, uh, you know, I, I want to make my job easier. I want to make her job easier. And so uh, going back to, I found an accountant that understands my business well, Um, you know, finding someone who knows your business well and finding the tools that help you understand your business well, I think are again, very important. So um, accountants are very used to the, the software they're using. really important thing to remember. Yeah. <laughs> all right uh let's see so we just did interior design financial systems and processes is there anything is there anything else that you'd want to elaborate on there i know we spent a lot of time on accounting software but um you know is there uh, are there other things that i i don't even know what i would ask for this question i guess is there something besides accounting software we should know about
1: well, actually, this is a good segue into uh, an, the other piece of the framework, which is the roof. Um, and this is where the actual financial planning comes in. And there are a couple of tools that I, you can use that to help you with it. And and we can go in, into the detail. Perfect. So the financial planning is, is just like the roof of the house. It protects you. It protects whatever it's under, all the foundation that you've done, your interior design, your walls, and you... In, in reality, in the business, there's going to be rainy days, right? And the idea is that you want to protect yourself from them as much as you can. The truth is you're never going to be able to completely eliminate risk in your business. It's just not possible. Mm-hmm. But you can at least put the placements together so that you can anticipate, you can see, you know, maybe three months or six months down the road, just like you said, you might have a seasonal business and you're going to have a famine. How do you prepare for it now? And the way how to do that is, one, you have to know about it, which is where the financial analysis comes in, right? And how do you prepare for it? You plan for it. You figure out what is it that I can do right now. And a good tool to help you with that. There's actually two of them. And by the way, just a side note, I'm not sponsored by any of those. I just (laughs) think that they're really good tools. So uh, what is called the spotlight reporting, and then the second one is called Fathom and they're both add-ons. You can either put them on QuickBooks or Zero. Actually Fathom integrates with uh, QuickBooks. And I think if you're on a um, enterprise version or whatever, the, the highest version they have, you actually have access to it as well. And that is going to help you plan for the future. It's going to help you set your budgets. It's going to help you set the forecast. And the nice thing about it as well is too, that it's very graphical. It's super easy to use, and um, it also gives you definitions of what everything actually means. So if you look at your gross profit, um, it will tell you how has been trending um, over the months, over the previous months, and actually what it really means and how you should be looking at it.
0: That's great. I will include uh, both of those in the show. Uh, I'll include everything we talked about so far over in the show notes uh, at howibuilt.it slash 215. This episode is brought to you by MindSize. Look, it's super important for stores to have an online presence these days. If customers can't buy online, they might not buy at all. And while doing e-commerce fast has gotten easier, doing e-commerce right still has its considerable challenges. That's where MindSize comes in. They are a full-service digital agency that focuses on WordPress and WooCommerce development. But that's not all. They work with Shopify, BigCommerce, and more. And they'll work with you to create the perfect strategy and website for your business. Already have an e-commerce site and want to make sure it's up and running in tip-top shape? Their flat rate site audit is exactly what you need. Over the course of two weeks, they'll dive into every aspect of your site, and deliver a prioritized list of actionable recommendations to make your site even better. That means more sales and engagement for you and your store. Or if you're a freelancer or agency who feels in over your head with an e-commerce build, their agency support plan is built specifically for you. There were a few times in my career where I really could have used that. They'll take a high-stress situation and help you relax while still delivering for your client. So check out MindSize over at MindSize.com today. They will help you make more money, whether you need an e-commerce store, whether you need to improve your current e-commerce store, or if you build e-commerce stores for others. That's MindSize.com, M-I-N-D-S-I-Z-E.com. Thanks so much to MindSize for supporting the show. Maybe we can talk a little bit more about these tools and build something more, right? Like uh take a deeper dive into Fathom if you're prepared for that. We didn't talk about this beforehand. So uh if you know if it's a tool that you're familiar with, maybe we can kind of talk a little bit more about it. Um but uh so we've got the foundation, the walls, the interior design, the roof. Do mm-hmm. we have like a, a patio or a lawn or anything like that? Or is that the four step? <laughs> And that sounded more glib than I intended it to be.
1: (laughs) I like the patio. Maybe I should include that. (laughs) Uh, We do have the security system. Nice. Which is a piece that so often gets forgotten in the small business world. And what does that mean? It means that you're protecting your finances, so there's, um, in finance world, we like to call it the in, internal control, a set of internal controls. So what are they? They are essentially safeguards for all your finances. So what that means in, um, in you know, practicality is that you don't want to give the keys to your kingdom to just one person, that they're handing your finances. So you don't want, for example, you don't want your bookkeeper or an accountant Enter the bills and also pay them and reconcile them with a the mm. bank because that can get you in a lot of trouble. Mm-hmm. And fortunately, if you have um a person that's, you know, not really ethical, they can start stealing money from you. Mm-hmm. So that is that is a real important topic for business owners to know that there's a risk for it, but you can you can definitely prepare for it and you can safeguard yourself.
0: Wow, that's that's really interesting, right? And again, a lot of the listeners here are freelancers, small business owners uh, who are probably doing everything, almost, if not everything, uh, almost everything themselves. But as you grow and you start to delegate more, uh, that's something really important to think about, right? That I probably would not have thought about. And I recently hired a virtual assistant um, and I was thinking maybe I can have her do the invoicing right so I don't have to do it maybe I can have her uh, do the bill pay right so I don't have to do that but um having having these safeguards in place especially if you have never met a person like your VA face to face if they are in a different country um maybe there is a, an extra layer there that you need to to add so that you uh, so that you don't have to worry about can I trust them are they stealing from me things like that.
1: Yeah. And, and, and these are uncomfortable questions and, and, and to think about it just makes people really uncomfortable. But the reality is that it can happen, right? You mm-hmm. just want to protect yourself. Like yeah. if, if you have someone um, enter your bills, which is fine, but don't make them pay it as well. So what you can do, you can use um, bill.com and it actually puts a workflow in place so that someone actually enters all your bills in and then you go and you check it off, and you say, "I'm going to pay this. I'm going to pay this. I approve it. I approve it." And then they pay it. So that way, you can actually see what you're paying and how much you're paying. But you're you're delegating a portion, but not all of it. And
0: yeah. the other
1: piece that that I also want to make point um, that it's really important is if you're doing your financial analysis and if you understand your numbers and you see the trends, it's a lot easier to see if there's something untowardly happening in your business. Because you have these benchmarks and say, "Well, every March I pay you know twelve thousand dollars, but this month it's thirteen thousand. What happened? Why do I? Why was there such a discrepancy? Let me take a look at it, right?"
0: Yeah, what a great point. What a great point. And again, to to go back to me hiring a VA, I would assign her tasks, and I'd be like, "I, th- you know." I think this will take I this would take me 2 hours or whatever. I had no idea how long it would take her though. So, uh I wasn't really checking her time. When I did, I found that she was spending way too much time on certain tasks. And you know, that might have been a communication breakdown. Um that's what I would like to think, right? I would like to think it was a communication breakdown and she wasn't just spending extra time to get extra money out of me, but having the benchmarks now to be like this should take you five hours. If you get to four hours and uh, you are not even close to done with this task, you need to let me know. It's the same thing, right? This this month should only cost me twelve hundred bucks. Why is it costing me thirteen thousand or whatever? Yep. Unless you said twelve thousand exactly. and thirteen thousand, but order of magnitude is like a really big difference, right? <laughs> <laughs> True. Yep. Uh, fantastic. This has been really great. Um, I love talking finance. We got to talk finance for like a half hour, which is super fun. Um, if, uh, if, well, first of all, is, is, is there any, is there another part of your framework before I, we move on to the next topic?
1: No, that was all five of them.
0: Awesome. Um, so if we have, uh, people listening who are like, I really need to get my financial planning in place. what's, what's a tip you would give them to get started? Maybe what's the first step they should take?
1: So it depends how big your your is and where you are in your business. If your business is really complex, I would say go hire someone to help you with it. There, there are people called the fractional CFOs and I'm one of them. Um, but it has to make sense for you, right? And if you, in, but if you're a smaller business let's say under under a million or less that, that that you're making annually a year you can do a lot of it yourself with your accountant um, those tools that that I recommended fathom and the spotlight reporting are going to help you significantly and you can do a lot of it in DIY style as well um, or you can just hire someone a lot of the fractional CFOs actually have office hours too you can um book with them for an hour. They have, uh, what do they call the strategic hours? They can help you with it. Um, and if, if you find someone that, that does offer services like that, definitely, you know, go take advantage of it if, uh, if you're interested in that.
0: Awesome. And, uh, you know, I think in, in Build Something More, perhaps we'll expand upon the strategic hours too, because that's that sounds like something very interesting to me. Uh, And I'm sure it's probably relatable for a lot of people listening. But I love the term fractional CFO, right? It's like a person who uh, acts like a CFO to a lot of different companies or partially a CFO to a lot of different companies, right?
1: Yep. Yeah, exactly. Because smaller companies, they they don't need a full-time CFO. Mm -hmm. And and full-time CFOs are expensive. So what you do, you get, um, based on however many hours or however much support you need, you get a fraction of the time. And that's why they call fractional CFOs.
0: Love that. Uh, that's really that's really funny. Uh, really interesting. Um, and I will I will just say right. I used to work at the University of Scranton, and we're technically a nonprofit, so I could see how much all of the c level employees made at the U. And uh, our CFO was paid the most by a long shot. Like, definitely made the most uh, at at the school. Um, awesome. This has been fantastic. Uh, before we get to how people can find you, I do need to ask you my favorite question which is, do you have any trade secrets for us?
1: Uh, Yes. Yes, I do. And if you're trying to do the financial planning yourself, um, one thing that I will caution you is you're not trying to make your numbers perfect. You're not looking at the crystal ball and trying to figure out what is really going to happen. What you're trying to do is get enough information and data so that you can make the best decision that you possibly can right now so don't don't go chasing perfection chase the best that you can do
0: i love that what that's such great advice um enough data to make the best decision you can make right now i love that uh kathy this has been absolutely fabulous thank you so much for your time if people want to learn more about you where can they go
1: They can either find me on LinkedIn under Kathy Svetina or they can go on my website uh, newcastlefinance.us.
0: All right. Uh, I will include those and everything we talked about in the show notes over at howibuilt.it slash 215. If you are a member, stick around and build something more. We're going to be talking about uh, a little bit more about that software and strategic hours for fractional CFOs. I think it's going to be a delight. If you're not a member, you can sign up over at buildsomething.club. Thank you to our sponsors, Text Expander, Restrict Content Pro, and MindSize. I really appreciate your support. Thank you for listening. And Kathy, thanks so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me. All right. And until next time, get out there and build something.